Welcome to the Inquisitive Tourist. My name is Nate Ralph and thank you for joining me. For those of you already listening, welcome back. And uh, if you've just started, a warm welcome to you. We've got an ever-growing community of listeners worldwide and we're now in 74 countries. Well, I'm doing a series of episodes on the Dominican Republic with a great guy called Julio Diaz, a resident Dominican. Our first episode uh, together was was a while ago now, and it was on relocating and visiting the Dominican Republic. I encourage you to check it out. It's in season one. Well, today we're going to shift our focus to the rich cultural history of the island. And if you didn't hear the first episode, I'd strongly encourage you to do so. He did a really, really great job on describing many things to us. Well, my guest today has expertise in helping foreigners relocate to this beautiful paradisaic island. His name is Julio Diaz. Julio, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Nathan. Thank you one more time for having me around here. And a big hug to your listeners and your podcast. It's a very interesting one. And thank you, for real. I appreciate that we thank- have this time to talk about, about my culture. Exactly. It's been a while since uh, since I had you on for the first time. I know I know we've both had a lot going on. So we've got this series coming up, quite a few episodes that we're going to do. And uh, this one is, is going to be quite fascinating because uh, I know that the DR has such a fascinating background to it. So to kick us off, right, I thought that the first thing I want to ask you is about the, the ethnicity or should we say the, the ethnic background of Dominicans because it's a super mix up. So Julio, can you tell us about that? Of course, yes. Dominicans are a very interesting, interesting uh, culture because we have a lot of backgrounds of, of people around the world since Columbus came. So we, we, we can say that we are like 72% of Mexican culture, mulatto, mestizo, mixed ancestry like the, the Tainos. And, and we have a bit of white European ancestry, like 16%, and an African ancestry background for around like 11 percent we can we, we we even have the the, the asians and, and arabics uh, background like one percent that will be like the percentage of all but if you look at the mini and the, and the dr you find a lot of colors of skin and we don't like we don't treat others based on their colors because we are used to that already since who knows 400 years so we can say like tainos africans europeans is a very cultural mix. We call it a grisol. If you find, uh, if you go on Google and search for that word, you 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 have that description: a mix of people, culture, a grisol of people from different backgrounds. That would be the right answer. Nice one. Sorry, what what was that word again? How do you, how do you spell that word for us? Grisol. That would be G R I S O L. Grisol. Okay. Yes. Okay. So if we Google that, it's going to talk about what exactly? The the, the mix of uh, different backgrounds in, oh. in a in a culture in a cultural way. Awesome. So seventy two, sixteen, eleven, one in terms of percentages. Correct. So to recap, seventy two percent is seventy two will be white. I mean mulatto mestizo. You know, it's not black, black or white, white. It's like a mix in between. And if you if you have if you take a look on our ID, Dominican ID, you see Indian mm. color of skin, Indian. 
we call it Indio. That would be like, even, I mean, as the same as the Indians. Indians are not black, they are not white, they are like a mulatto, a mix. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's like a brown, maybe a brown, let's say it that way, brown color. And 16% will be European and 11% will be African. That's why you're not going to see like a black, black, black Dominican or a white, white, white Dominican. You'll see a mix. We call it mulatto, mestizo, Indian. It's like a multiracial mix ancestry. Proper melting pot. And those Europeans, the 16% Europeans, uh, Julio, are they like 100% Europeans that have just moved over or have they now integrated and married the locals? Correct. They integrate, they move back in the days, uh, introducing themselves by the, the, one of the first uh, uh, ports in the area in America. It is in Monte Cristi. So a lot of uh, Spanish people at the very beginning with Colon and French, they start coming through the decades doing businesses. So they came and they move on to the States, but some of them, they stay here and they, as you mentioned, they marry to the locals and that's why we are like a mix. And you see white uh, Dominicans and you see mulatto Dominicans and black African ancestry, of course, Dominicans, that's, that's correct. Yeah, yeah, really interesting stuff. Now, a good thing to know, which maybe many people are not even aware of, is that Dominican Republic is actually part of a, a bigger island called Hispaniola. Um, so obviously you've got Haiti and the Dominican Republic, which make up this 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 big island. So why why the split, Julio? Has it always been that way? No, no. At the very beginning, you know, Columbus came and he bring a lot of Spanish people and then Africans. But then at the when the time goes by, there's a guy that. Dominicans uh, mentioned him and, and considered him the the, patri- the 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 guy that made the independence from from Haiti. There was a time that Haiti has the the whole island, right? So this guy called Juan Pablo Duarte. He says, I mean, he has a, the short the chance to went to he went to France and take a look on on the laws of France, and he came and he say, wait a minute. Let's do like them. Let's let's have our independence because we are not 100% Africans. We are a more Spanish in between Tainos and French, and we don't even talk their language. Let's say, let's do something. Let's create a, a group of guys and let's make a revolution. And back in the days in 1984, he did the independence, even though he was not around, but a group of guys like him, they start like a revolution and they split. So starting from that point till even uh, recently, they the Dominicans start making possible to be independent, the island from the west to the east, even though after the Spanish came again and they have like the the Spanish colonization again. I mean, the DR has been through many different times mm. in between different uh, governments, including the Haitians and the Spanish. So this guy did the independence. He say he says let's let's do something different. They will be Haiti, Haitians, and we will be Dominicans. 
But if you take a look on the meaning of the words, that will be another history. But based on that meaning of this guy, that's why the Dominicans say, let's do it different. Let's make a split. We speak Spanish. We don't, we don't speak Creole. Let's do something different. And let's call the country the Dominican Republic. You guys take that side. And they fight a lot. And at the end of the day, they build their own flag, their own uh, state, I mean, laws and everything about who they are. And that split that happened, did it start around what, three, four hundred years? No, I don't know, about four hundred years, maybe three hundred years ago? Is that the whole, you know, when when France and Spain fought together? Correct. That's correct. Mm. More than, more, more than uh, 200 years. Okay. Okay. That's uh, an interesting, uh, because I, I never fully understood it, but um, yeah, no, you've explained that well for us. And how would you say the, I don't know uh, how it was like before, obviously, but how would you say the key differences are between the, the Haitian people and the, and the Dominican people in terms of, well, we can go anywhere with this, you know, the, obviously the food, uh, the music, the the standard of living. Let's let's start off with with the food. What what are the key differences between the the Haitians and the Dominicans? It's almost the same. You know, our food is based on African roots, but we have a few plates uh, that came from their own plates that they originally had. But we are more a bit of a Spanish background gastronomy. You know. But at the end of the day, it's almost the same because they do some plates that we also do. For example, they have a, a, a plate based on, on maize. How, how can I say that? Uh, that word maize, that will be corn, yeah. Mm-hmm. Based on corn. So they, they do that and we have it too. You can find it on, on the south of the country. It's a very good one. It's like a dessert. So uh, thinking on that dessert, we can say that most of our plates and thinking on other ones are almost the same. But through the years, Dominicans has been making things a little bit different. But if you take a look, we share a lot of things. You know, the, 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 the music is almost the same too. Uh, for example, they have a compa. Mm-hmm. It's almost the same as merengue. The thing is that they have a slow, we, and we put a little, a little bit of a little bit more of uh, revolution per minute RPM. So it's more like fast. And if you take a look on the instruments, for example, you know the the conga and 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 the tambora. Mm-hmm. Those instruments are are African. So once they came, the slaves back in the days to work on the sugar fields and everything, you know, humans are always trying to conquer. So they they take the, the our, our, our brethren in Africa and they take it here. Their roots on everything they did was based on Africa. So we have a lot of Africa in our blood, in our culture, in our food, in our rhythm. So we can say that it's almost the same. Let's say that Maybe they will be like 60% and will be 40% on things that they do based on food, based on cultural backgrounds and based on music. In terms of, uh, you're saying 60% in terms of that they have more African heritage than the Dominicans? Cor- correct, correct. Because we have a little bit more of, of, of Spanish. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, this, this, this island at the very beginning was conquered by Cologne. So through the history, 
we can say that we have a pre-Columbian history and post-Columbian Columbus history. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So obviously you've got so more pre- the Spanish vibe going on. They've got more the African vibe going on. Correct. But at the end of the day, we have Africans a lot. I mean, there's a way of saying uh, uh, like a sentence that says, if you find uh, on the back of your ear, you'll find uh, black history on your skin. I mean, on your heritage. That's a way of saying that in our Dominican culture. I mean, you, you cannot say I'm Spanish. Uh, I'm, I'm European. I'm Dominican and my roots are based on, in, in Africa, 100%. I mean, we cannot deny that. Yeah. That's for sure. No, interesting stuff. In terms of uh, maybe a, a more difficult question to answer, perhaps, because maybe, maybe it's more subjective, but the standard of living uh, between the, the islands, I feel like from what I know, and I feel that like most of the listeners would probably agree with this, that it seems like the Dominicans enjoy a slightly higher standard of living than, than Haiti. I mean, how, how would you compare them? That's because of the, the history, you know. Things has not been that well for them based on their economy. And, you know, they, they fight a lot with French, with the French. And, and French back, France back in the day, they, they tell them they have to pay uh, a monthly payment as a government, and they recently came out from that. So they've been paying French, the French, for so many time that that broke their they their their roots of the economy, you know. Mm-hmm. And to the time, they have a few dictators too, and maybe I think that that's that's the main reason that they've been like through the years having so many problems. In our case, we have a few dictators too, but things go differently mm. for some reason. They 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 do some mistakes in the past. We do it. We did it too. You know, it's part of the process. It's part of the history. But we cannot say like it's because they don't have uh, they don't did the, the the maybe the right things. They try their best. Mm. But it's more it's more based on the the economy of the area, the things, the decisions that they did, and the governments that they had. Mm. That's 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 the main the reason. And I want to let you know too, before we move on, uh, we have to talk uh, about the Taino. That's for sure. I mean, Tainos, we her- we have that heritage and our blood to the the indigenous. And I didn't mention that before, so I want to make clear that we are uh, Taino background too. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And what percentage is that sort of fed into? Taino will be more uh, uh, more in our back background roots because we don't have like Tainos anymore. Columbus, he killed them all. Mm-hmm. And but we have a uh, we have a heritage on, on, on Tainos in things that we eat. For example, cassava. That's, that's something that is Taino. And there's a lot of names in the island that are based on the Taino roots too. Yeah, fascinating stuff. Talking about dictatorships that, you know, you spoke about uh, Haiti and how they got certain things wrong. Getting to how that affects the or affected the cultural history of the Dominican Republic and, you know, especially with the the capital, Santo Domingo, because you had obviously the dictator Rafael Trujillo, um, who came to power, I believe, in 1930s. Maybe it was actually 1930 and then he got assassinated and so on. But what influence would you say... Uh, Rafael Trujillo still has to this day on the island of Dio? 
You know, uh, there's a few governments that go after him. For, for, for example, uh, there's a guy called Balaguer. He was one of his colleagues back in the days. So when he died, he continued that year, that kind of roots of Trujillo for more than 30 years. So our recent history based on Trujillo is almost uh, the same situation. I mean, not like him because he was a dictator, more in a Democrat way, but same situation, same, uh, uh, let's say, same skills, same tricks, same things, it's the same. But not like him because he was uh, a dictator. After Balaguer, there, there was another guy, young guy, Leonel Fernandez, but he, all of them, they have the same roots. I think that now, in the recent uh, 10 years, the, uh, things in a government way has been changed. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's less that kind of strategic way of government. You know, those dictators have their own tricks and little details to do their own things uh, to control the government at the island. So I think after him, the next four presidents after him or seven, from four to seven presidents will be doing the same tricks that he did. But recently, like, I, that's, a, that's my point of view. If you talk to another Dominican, they might have another point of view. But that's why everyone, like, feels that it's, it's a, it has been changed a little bit, but not, like, that, that much. Now, you're saying seven uh, presidents since Rafael Trujillo, right? Maybe more, but the idea is that, more, I mean, the, after him, he died in 1961. Mm-hmm. That's when he was so, assassinated, uh, right? In 1961. Yeah, uh-huh. Uh, that's correct. So 1961 till 2010, that would be like 50 years, right? Mm-hmm. So in 50 years, maybe from 2010 to now, we can say that things has been a little bit different from his point of view of a dictatorship. Mm. Because now the laws has been changed and the constitution, uh, they, they might, I mean, they they been adding a few different things. And the way of governments now is not like the way it used to be. That's the way I see it. Would you say that um, the time that he was in power was sort of like the most tumultuous time for the Dominican Republic? Because his reign resulted, I was reading uh, how it resulted in the deaths of like, well, the the estimates vary widely uh, between 5,000 and 67,000 people uh, who were killed in the infamous Parsley Massacre. So, I mean, since Rafael, Rafael Trujillo, ha- have any other sort of people uh, that have been in power created such a, a crazy wave of, of persecution on the island? No, no, not at all. He was the last dictator in the island. I mean, they were, this guy that I mentioned before, Balaguer, they have a few ways of government, uh, of doing uh, their, their government. He killed people, that's for sure, because back in the day, the Dominicans cannot say things against the government because, sadly, they will kill them. Mm-hmm. But, but not like Trujillo. Trujillo was the worst. I mean, you, 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 you have not chance to say anything against him. He was, <laughs> it would do you away just for, just for saying anything, huh? Correct. He was mm. crazy. I mean, he even have in in a, in the history background of, of the R. There's a couple of, of victims that he 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 kills. Mm. So this guy he he did everything in a wrong way. 
even though he do good things, but not that way. I mean, killing people to to make a, a standard, that's not the right way. No. Um, him and his family as well amassed like crazy levels of wealth. So how, where's that wealth gone? Like, is it, are there any of his relatives that are still in the island today with enormous wealth? I mean, what's happened to it all? After he dies, his family was not allowed to come into the country. But before that transition, I mean, when he died, his sons and his relatives, they, they, they went, they, they went, they go to Spain. Mm-hmm. So all, all the wealth uh, went to Spain in a, in a ship, in a big ship. Mm. All of the wealth of the DR, yes. That's, that's, that's a history. You might not find that in books. You might find that, but that's what Dominicans has been mentioned for all this year. But even though that happened, you know, the, the, Minic- the DR is an island that has a good background in, in, in fields that you can make it happen again. I mean, to, to keep moving, keep going. But that the most of the wealth that he has, the, the his family take a ship and take it to to Spain. He's 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 in Spain. His body is even in Spain. Okay, know? okay, I didn't know that. And getting back to the infamous Parsley massacre, with where, where so many people died, do you know anyone, Julio, who was like personally affected by that? Well, with relatives that that lost their lives by 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 that massacre. I don't know any of them, but in the area, if you go to that area now, you're going to find a lot of Haitians working on, on, on the area and that's uh, uh, those cities close to the border. And I think the, there's a few people, a few relatives that uh, belong to those people that he, that he killed back in the days. But I don't know any personally. But I, I have a few friends in that area. I might think that their roots, their their backgrounds, will be my people that they know back in the days, and will be that, that those people were affected by that by that killing that that massacre that, from Trujillo. Yeah, he that massacre is called Perihil massacre. Perihil is a word, a kind of a hard word to say. So when you say Perihil. And if you don't say it the right way, you know that you're not Dominican. So that's that's the word that he used to recognize who was he Haitian or not. And then he started killing people from that one point to to the border. He says, "You guys are coming this side. We need to move. Take you guys to to the other side." And and he started killing people without any concern or. A bad guy, very bad guy. Completely crazy. That, based on how they would say crazy. that word as well. Just based on that one word, their accent. Correct. Because if you see a Haitian and a Dominican, we are the same. But you, when you when you know who is a Haitian guy is when you talk, you start you start talking to them. Mm-hmm. You figure out that the accent is not the same, and that's that's the word they use to do that. And is that that isn't even an incident? I mean, you you can pull the the, the, the massacre, and you you find a lot of information about that. Mm, interesting description there. Now, talking about uh, the the monument or El Monumento, I know when I was in the DR and I went to Santiago, I spent a bit of time there. And I think anyone who visits DR can't well, as long as they step out of the resorts, they can't avoid 
talking about or hearing about or seeing the 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 monument el monumento which is you know pretty much a prominent part of uh of the downtown in santiago so where where ex- well first of all where exactly is it located because i don't re- remember off the top of my head i can picture picture it but um tell us where it's located exactly and, and what does this building signify and and when was it built could you tell us that of course, uh, the monument was uh, built for Henry Gasson Bona. This guy, he's Canadian. He died a long time ago, that's for sure. I mean, he, Trujillo, you know, he, everything he did, he did the best way. I mean, that's something good about him. He, he tried, he was always trying to find the best people to do things. And he talked to this guy and they built it in a high hill. Is a very good location because if you go there, you're gonna see the whole city. Mm, it's beautiful, isn't it? Santiago. We can we can say that Santiago is almost the center of the island and and the center of the country of the DR. Mm-hmm. And that monument is right in the center, or almost in the center of the of the city. So if you go there, you're gonna see all the hills around the city, and the city in a very good picture. I mean. It's very beautiful. It's a very, very beautiful building. It's built in marmol. I don't know how to say that that word in English. Marmol. It's a white, beautiful stone. Mm-hmm. It's very, very expensive. Mm-hmm. And it was built for the the the, the, the commemoration of the hundred years of the independence uh, from Haiti. That was the very beginning. I mean, the the main reason. Mm. And after that, Trujillo, he he just made it for himself to to, and he built it. And he says, "Let's do it for the monument of Trujillo and the monument of peace." That will be the the meaning. I mean, after it was built, but then. The name was changed for Restoration Monument, the Monument of the Restoration. You know, uh, back in the days, Spanish came again to fight against the island, and then Dominicans tried to move them over. And there's a few of them that are even in the statues right there. And you're going to find a library of documents of the island. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, very old documents. You're going to find a few paints for famous people. And they were trying even to make a restaurant on top. Mm. So the monument was built in 19... Let me double check. Because I have that. Like early 1900s or something. 1900s, correct. And as I mentioned, it was built for the heroes of the Trenta de Mayo. You know, Mexicans have their 5th of May. Mm-hmm. We have the Trenta de Mayo. <laughs> <laughs> so it was built in 1953. That's, that would be the right year. Okay. And it, that was an uh, inauguration. And the, the place is called the Castillo Hill. That would be the, the name of the place. And if you go on top, you're going to find a statue. And the statue over there is called the Angel of Peace. Mm. I guess there's one too in Mexico. So this 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 monument have a an, a statue is a is like an angel. That's that's what they try to put there. 
But if you take a look on the picture, it seems like it's a statue with two arms standing up to the sky. Mm. That would be the, the description of the statue. It's a very unique place because Dominicans use it to, 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 to have their, their way of trying to go out and have a space to share with family. So people, every Dominican will go there, every, every people from Santiago will go there every weekend. It's like a plaza, a square, a big square. Mm, mm. And on the right, you can find a lot of parking lots, big space to be in. And on top, you can go up and walk around the circle of the monument. It's a very unique place. People love it. And it's an icon for Dominicans, especially the ones that live in Santiago. Yeah. It seems to me that the Dominicans I know from pretty much all over the island just seem to to be there at least two or three times a year, getting you know having their photograph taken there. It is just beautiful. I mean, I only went there the once. It, it just feels like a... Uh, I mean, obviously, you've got the whole square, you know, of of grass surrounding it, and like you said, it's on the hill, and it's just it's just a nice vibe, you know. I feel like its uh, its location is is nice. Actually, would you say that because of this monument, uh, in some way, the cultural significance is even more than the capital of Santo Domingo, and like you know, the colonial zone and so on, or would you say not not necessarily? I mean, the the Santo Domingo city has their, their own history. And it's a very good one. I mean, the colonial the colonial area is beautiful, and the whole area is is great. But you know, for some for people from Santiago, we we have to say that it's a bit different because of the size and where it's located. But at the end of the day, we all share their their beauty. I mean, people from Cap the capital and Santiago, we recognize that this monument is a bit different from the history monuments that we have on the, on the island, that's for sure. Mm, interesting. Getting on to sort of a slightly different topic now, a big part of the culture there is the, you know, the natural resources of the island. It's got so many things, hasn't it? So what, what would you say are the main things that uh, you guys produce and export in the, in the Dominican Republic? I mean, obviously the obvious one might be coffee or cocoa or something, but what, what are all of the things that you export and produce there and how is it marketed? I mean, we, we have a history on, on, on goods that we've been marketing around the world. As you mentioned, coffee, uh, chocolate, coke, cacao, one of the best ones in, in the area. Mm. Sugar, that's for sure, since, since Columbus came. Sugar canes has been one of the main resources in, a, in the economic way. And for, for sure, we... We, I mean, we provide not just the sugar on the, on the coffee and the cacao. We have uh, stones, beautiful stones that people like it around the world. I mean, it's a big, a big uh, market there. People, ha- I mean, I know people that has come he- here and they have a good wealth based on those stones. We are talking about the, the Larimar and Amber. Your, ad, your audience can take a look at that stone on Google, Amber and Larimar. It's a very beautiful stone. Here, you know, it's not that uh, expensive, but it, when, once you have it in Canada, for example, or Europe, the price for those stones are very high. Mm. And for sure, uh, the, the, 
Our economy is based on, on, on tourism. But the main, the main, the main uh, product that, that they are is, is known about is coffee and for sure the, the, the cigars, the tobacco. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, people from all around the world know that they are based on, on, their, on the tobacco that is produced here. Fascinating stuff. What about, um, I was just reading here, honey as well? Is that another production? Or not, honey, but not so more, more lawfully. Not more lawfully, yeah. There's right. a few, I mean, fruits and products, organic products that we have, but more lawfully. Not, not in, a, in, a, in a way to be sell in a market like Europe or Canada or Asia or, 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 the, or North America. No, I understand. But in terms of the other productions, like, you know, coffee, cacao, uh, and, and so on, um, I imagine the U.S., because of its location, would probably be one of the main uh, places that you guys send to? Correct. I mean, the, the, the United States have a rich uh, culture in between with the DR. So most of the organic uh, Things that they have, they have it from Mexico and the Caribbean. So we supply them sugar, cacao, coffee, plantains, avocado. People will think that avocado, we don't export it. But yes, they are export avocado and a lot of uh, uh, things like uh, peppers, small peppers. There is a few companies that do that. Mm in the area for the, 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 the US market. I'm imagining that, I haven't looked at the official figures, Julio, but I'm imagining that because of all this expectation that the DR um, is, I think it's safe to say that the Dominican Republic is sort of the wealthier side of, of, of the island, you know, compared to Haiti. So if that is the case, correct me if I'm wrong, but if that is the case, how does it affect the, the relationship between the Dominicans and the Haitians, not not just because of the financial background, but just in general, if I can sort of like uh, magnify that question outwards as well, um, what what is just the the overarching relationship like between a Dominican and a Haitian in general terms? You know, as, as any border, there's uh, high risks. I mean, there's always a point of of confrontation that happens with uh, Palestine and. Israel, for example, Indian, the Indians and, and, and Pakistan, everywhere you're going to find it. You know what I mean? Mm. Uh, North America, the Mexicans will always be a bit of conflict. I mean, confrontation. That's normal because of the background. But if you go farther on, on the border, relationship with Haitians are great. I mean, we... We know that they have a different background, but that doesn't mean that we're going to treat them bad, you know? Mm, mm. They, they come here, they study, they work. I mean, the, our, our, our biggest work hand right now at the moment are from Haitians. I mean, if you go in Santiago or Santo Domingo, the biggest buildings that you're going to find, they are the, the ones that help to, 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 to do it. But those those type of relationships, like in a bad way, you're gonna find that in, in in the border, and that's I think that's normal. Humans are always thinking and conquer other ones. That's a normal thing. But in terms of uh, overall, in the overall meaning of saying, 
we treat, I mean, we know that we have different backgrounds, but it doesn't mean what we don't treat well. Mm. You're going to find a few groups saying that they're bad and, and in, on their side, they will be saying that we are bad. But overall, we, we treat right. I mean, in my case, I have a few Haitian friends and they are very nice people, very educated. They speak uh, more than three languages. Mm. They're very, very smart, very, very smart. And people that you can make business with them. I mean, in my case, I've been, I rent apartment for them. Mm-hmm. And so far, so good. I have nothing to say about that. I mean, you're going to find that kind of in-between relationship in a bad way, but you're going to find that in the border, not, not, not around. Even in the border, uh, you know, some economic backgrounds will be pushing to be, to be bad. Mm. But most of the people in the border will not be like feeling bad about them. They mm. come, they cross and they bring their products. Mm. And, and at the end of the day, they go back to the, to, to their country. Mm-hmm. And a few of them, they cross from Haiti, the whole island, to come and, 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 and improve our economy. Because we have to say that even though we have a few millions, maybe a million or a million and a half, they are doing their, their best and they are sending money to their family and they are uh, helping our economy in a good way. That's ah, good to know. You said three languages as well. So what is that? That's Haitian Creole? Spanish. They, they speak Spanish. They, they speak Spanish. They speak uh, English and French. And Haitian Creole is another language. I mean, it's a different language. They have that language based on their history. They they start trying to speak that kind of language aside the French, and that the, with that language they 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 do their independence. So there is called Haitian Creole. There's French, Haitian French, and they, they, there's, uh, I don't know if I'm wrong, but that, I think that's, that, that's what it is. There's Haitian French, Haitian Creole, and there's Spanish, they, they speak Spanish too, based on, 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 on the border close and they're maybe on the backgrounds, you know, Spanish has been on that side of the island too. They speak French based on the the, the French uh, uh, governments that they have back in the days, and they speak English. They speak English too very well. Ah, good to know. So, in general terms, there's no issue between you know the Dominicans and the and the Haitian people communicating. I'm sure there's a few Haitians though who don't speak Spanish, right? Maybe further inside inland in Haiti, and they can't communicate. Correct. Maybe correct. Yeah. But they they learn it from from the very young age under school. They they have it. Same, same as us that have English in our school. So they have Spanish and they have some relative that speaks Spanish, um, someone that speaks Spanish. And once they come here and they adapt, they learn it fast. I mean, they are very smart. Mm, it's amazing stuff. So do you see the island? I mean, there's, you've, you've really given us a great overview um, of, of the island in so many, way, but, so many ways. But do you see the island divided uh, more and more due to its past? Or would you say that in the next sort of few years, the next generation, and indeed in, in your young, uh, you know, your younger years and now in young adulthood, would you say that peace is starting to prevail a little bit more and the standard of living is rising in general? 
I have to say that it's rising. Why? Because back in the days, they don't used to have an embassy. And they have it here, right here in Santiago. And you, you, you're not going to, I mean, if you take a look back in 40, 30 years, you're not going to, I mean, there's no way to, to see an embassy in Santiago from Haiti. And more and more these times, uh, governments are trying to to let them know that they have the rights to have a document to be around. So though in that manner of saying, they are having all the things, I mean, all the paper situations, let's say it that way, mm-hmm. the right way. So back in the days, that was the issue. So right now, everything is getting like more organized in a way of saying. But like I say, it's... it's it's more. I will. You're gonna see that more in the in the board. I mean, if you if you want to see uh, Haitians and Dominicans trying to to say, no, I'm better. I'm better than you. You're better than me. Things like that. That's gonna happen in in, in the border. You're not gonna see that like like now in a normal average way. And like I say, that happens in every border. That, that's the way humans are. I don't know. It's, it's a crazy thing <laughs> that doesn't have to be that way, but like, it, is what it, it is what it is. It, it is what it is. It's a pattern worldwide, isn't it? It, it, it definitely is. But uh, no, thanks for, for all of the information that you've, you've given us today. And uh, another thing I'll say as well, I don't know if it came, it's, it's going to come out in the podcast recording, but I can hear some of the birds in, in the background. So I've, I've, I've actually quite enjoyed that. It's, uh, it's transported me a little bit. I think it happened in the episode <laughs> I did with someone from the Trinidad, from Trinidad and Tobago as well. Could hear the birds singing in the background. So that kind of adds to the to the flavour of the episode. That was that was really nice. But uh, no, Julio, it's a pleasure as always. And um, thanks for coming on. And I can't wait until we do our next episode. Oh, yeah, I'll be more than happy to to do that again. And thank you for your time. And it's always a pleasure to talk about the DR and Haiti. We uh, has a long history, good one, some bad ones, but at the end of the day, we have to have the best of it. And thank you for for giving me the chance. I really appreciate. It. Big hug to your audience there. Big I hug. hope they enjoy this episode. Absolutely, big hugs, man. Thanks for coming on, and I can't wait until we do our next one. Excellent. Thank you, sir. Well, my guest today was Julio Diaz from Santiago, Dominican Republic. As mentioned on our previous episode together, a lot of people are having a love affair with the DR. And I'm sure Julio has helped you develop a fuller picture of the island and its incredibly rich cultural history. So diverse. Please check out his social pages. It's going to be on the show notes as he's a great point of contact on the island. And he's going to be coming back on for more episodes in this series on the Dominican Republic with more great advice on a variety of topics relating to the DR. Well, if you've enjoyed today's episode, please do share it with a family member or friend who you think would get something out of it. And if you haven't already, please do consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts and follow us on Spotify. And don't forget to hit the bell icon as well so you get uh, notified of new episodes. Thanks again for listening. My name is Nate Ralph and you've been listening to The Inquisitive Tourist.